You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Pride of Detroit podcast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and Meat Sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Each two ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein, and each stick has eight grams of protein. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions, it's gonna be good enough for you too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced all natural Black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offerings. And now through the end of December, you can go to RighteousFelon.com and use the discount code POD20 at checkout to get 20% off your order. That's promo code POD20 at RighteousFelon.com, valid through 12-31-2022. Welcome to the Pride of Detroit PODcast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. Screw the rest of this. Jeremy Reisman, Ryan Matthews, Rock God, producer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Get the it out right now, guys. We just beat the Minnesota Vikings. We just beat what Jeremy called last week the hardest obstacle on the six-game schedule that the Lions have, and they are 2-0. and And um, I don't... We try to keep this as rational as possible. I don't think that's going to happen today. Why? This this is a this is a legacy defining win for Dan Campbell, for this squad, for everything. And I can't contain myself. Let's get nuts. It's uh don't, don't leave me in silence. Do something here. <laughs> I'm on shot number five at tequila. Okay, okay. Calm down, Chris. Because I'm I'll, I'll bring some heat. You want some heat? Okay, well, I'll bring some I want heat, you to bring heat right now. Bring the balls out. This team is the most fun I've ever covered. Period. End of sentence. I, yeah. I, I like this. This team is. I know we had a lot of fun in 2014. I know we had a lot of fun in 2016 with all the crazy comebacks. This team is more fun than that. And maybe it's recency bias. I don't care. This 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 team is a lot of fun because one, they're doing something that one team has ever done. Or they're they're on track to do something. I shouldn't say they've done it. Uh, they're on track to do something that one team in NFL history has ever done, which is make the playoffs at one and six. They are doing crazy shit the entire way. They have one of the best offenses in the league. And like Dan Campbell said, they can beat you a couple ways because earlier in the season, they were just explosive play after explosive play on the ground. That's kind of dried up a little bit. Running game hasn't been great as of late. So what do they do? Eh, just put it in Jared Goff's hand. He'll throw for back-to-back 300-yard games. He'll put post up 
100 plus passer ratings in back-to-back games. He'll throw it to a wide open in Jamison Williams. He'll hit the deep ball to DJ Chark in back-to-back games. He'll hit Amon Ross St. Brown for first downs. He'll be He'll one of the Panay best third Sewell. down. Let me talk. He hit Panay Sewell to ice the game. He'll. Yes, I was getting to that. I don't care. I, of course you don't. He's, I mean, he. this team has been lights out on third downs. Absolutely lights out. And man, when this team was was up, what, 14 points or, or 11 points, I think it was, and there was 10 minutes on the clock and the defense wasn't giving them anything, just run a seven and a half minute drive and with the field goal and put the damn game away. This offense to me is just, it's so much damn fun right now that I I, I can't like, they, here, you, you want to hear something you, you never thought you'd hear out of me? This offense is better than it ever was under Matthew Stafford. And it's not close. It's not That's close. That's almost blasphemy. Pride of Detroit, POD cast, pride of Detroit.com, pride of Detroit on Twitter, pride of Detroit on Facebook. You know where to find us. We come to you live on twitch.tv slash pride of Detroit. Uh, I'm on tequila shot number five, maybe six. I've lost count. Um, I just wolfed a ton of pizza. Ryan, um, this game, you went up to Ford Field for this game, correct? And you had a parlay, of course. Um, this game was everything. All I have wanted from Jared Goff is that the ball is in your hands on deciding drive type of game. And he did it. He iced this game. The the Vikings put a drive together and then turned around a very quick drive to Justin Jefferson, who was practically unguarded for this entire game and then turned around and tried to onside kick it credit to the lions special teams grabbing it, but it could have gone South very easily. And instead the, the lions managed to ice the game Thanks to Jared Goff and everything else Jeremy just talked about. Amon Ross St. Brown, DJ Shark almost having 100 yards. Jamison William getting his first touchdown on his first reception. Uh, James Houston once again getting involved in the sack game. Aiden Hutchinson having a sack and three quarterback hits. I, I don't know if I have seen the Lions playing at this kind of power before. And that is with their secondary banged up without Jeff Okuda because of illness and Justin Jefferson doing whatever he want. And it didn't matter. The Lions won wire to wire in this game. And whatever kind of paranoia and fear we had late in the game got evaporated real quick. And Dan Campbell is just stunting out there and just roaring and having, and just emotional. Like I, this game is overwhelming me, Ryan. This game is overwhelming me. Yeah, this game, I will forever remember it for the unsung heroes. Like, there were so many performances from guys who, you know, a year ago, they weren't depth pieces. Khalif Raymond was a starting wide receiver for the majority of the season. What about him in the return game, dude? Like, every time that guy touches the ball, I mean, whether it was the big return that he had on, on the on the punt early in the game, or even the, the return that he had where... The Lions could have been pinned inside their own 20, makes one guy miss, and all of a sudden you're not starting on the 13, you're starting on the 24. Like, that's such a huge difference. And, like, I'm not going to stop at Cleef Raymond. Justin Jackson, yes, what an incredible what play that he made. I mean, the, 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 the vision he had on the touchdown run, 
which was my favorite Jamison Williams play which, because I don't know but, if you saw the block that he laid on the linebacker. Yeah, J- Jamison Williams and Brock Wright throwing just godlike run blocking for for Justin Jackson. Yeah, and so so you have you have Khalif Raymond, you have Justin Jackson, you have a guy like C.J. Moore. I mean, we want to talk about Dan Campbell and the and the wagon he has to walk around with because that that call at that time. And to trust somebody like CJ Moore to get it done, that just shows the level of trust that this coaching staff has in players like Raymond, who not just on in the return game, remember the crucial third down that he picked up in the red zone? Another huge play that he made when the team needed him to step up and and when they they needed to go somewhere else. And it's like Justin Jackson and Khalif Raymond and CJ Moore and Panay Sewell. Like I, I know I know Panay Sewell is a big name, but like Penesul moonlighting as a tight end, like, like just trusting guys to do stuff and they're going out there and they're doing it. And it's not just a couple games. It's not just, I agree with Jeremy, like this season has taken a turn for the most exciting. And I don't know how you can't like the thing at the beginning of the podcast that I have a problem with is that Chris said we were going to get irrational. I don't think that there's anything irrational about thinking that this football team is legit. There isn't. I nobody, think nobody, the nobody wants to play the Detroit Lions if they no. make the playoffs. Nobody does. I nobody wants to play them right now. No, no, nobody wants to play them right now. You think the, I think have, the Jets are excited about the, the Lions coming into town next week? With, with Joe Flacco, not. by the way, I think Mike White got carted off, so it's going to be Joe. We're going to be facing Joe Flacco next week, and I am using we at this point. That just shows you how far gone I am down the rabbit hole at this point. I think the Lions are the most dangerous team in football right now. It's 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 hard to find a second. Maybe the 49ers, the Brock Purdy, maybe the Eagles, but like I'm putting them in high company. I'm putting them in absolutely high company. The Lions are playing with so much fire, passion. This coaching staff is getting so many accolades. I know everyone's worried about Ben Johnson leaving now and everything else, but my God, just forget about that for a second. Forget about the, the SOL of thinking about that your coordinators are about to be poached. Look at what this team is doing right now. Look at what this team is doing with basically an island of misfit toys and some really young stellar talent in like guys like St. Brown and Hutchinson. Look what they're doing to a team that had 10 wins in the Minnesota Vikings. I heard many people on national radio being like, why are the Lions favored by two and a half? What the, the Minnesota Vikings have 10 wins. What are we doing? No, that's why. That's why right there, because the Vikings are going the wrong way. Jalen Rieger is promising you a win in Detroit, and he doesn't have it. TJ Hawkinson is sitting on the sideline while Panay Sewell is playing tight end to ice the game for the Detroit Lions. Panay Sewell. <laughs> this, the Lions held... The Vikings, who boast Dalvin Cook to 17 yards on the ground. I mean, they don't really need many rushing guards when Justin Jefferson is doing 23, but, was, but yeah. 23? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I missed 17 carries. You, you swapped him around. But yeah, like, either way, either way, this team put on a master class against a team with a bona fide, like, Hall of Famer in, just, in Justin Jefferson right now. And even with 200 yards to Justin Jefferson, wire to wire with two missed field goals with everything that was going against them late in the game. Jeremy, we've seen this game play out so many times. We saw flashbacks of the Buffalo bills game 
after that real after that real quick touchdown they had. The Lions didn't blink this time. The Lions didn't blink at all, and they had Coyones. They had balls of steel playing through this entire game. And I know I sound like a rabid, crazy person right now, but I say this as someone who's trying to be as grounded as possible. This team is out of this world right now. They are. It, it's 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 really incredible to see because I don't I don't think any of this is crazy. I, and and I, I, we, I've been saying it for weeks. Like this team is playing like a elite football team. Period. They are. They're doing. They're doing every not everything right. I mean, there's still defensive problems, but you, you just go into this game and all the. I I, I don't want to say all the motivations on Minnesota side, but they got plenty of motivation to not overlook this team, right? They they've got the disrespect angle. They're they're two point favorites. They've got the hat and t shirt game yeah. thing. Um, what got the division. Um, the division yes. was on yes. the line for yes. this game. Yes, yes, please, please let me talk. Okay. Um, yes, uh, divisions on the line for. They're talking about the hat and t shirt game. They they need to back up Jalen Rager's dumbass for for mouthing off. And they they have all that motivation to play. And you know why they lost to the Lions? Because the Lions are a better football team. That's why. They just are. I'm sorry. Say like, it again. They Say are again. a better football team than the Minnesota the Vikings because if Minnesota Vikings do not have a defense, the Lions defense is getting better. They have a pass offense, but guess what? So do the goddamn Detroit Lions. So was Jared Goff. So do the I mean the Lions have a deep bench. Like I, and here's the thing. I don't want to hear any any of this like, oh, the Lions are, are overachievers. They're, they're doing it with with the low cast of characters. No, they got ballers. Okay. I think it's about time we stop treating some of these players as like wow, like these, these, you're getting contributions from these guys? Like, no, DJ Chark is a good football player. Amon Ross St. Brown is a good football player. Look out, I'm about to say Jared Goff is a good football player. This offensive line shut down a Minnesota Vikings pass rush that has two of the best pass rushers in the league, zero sacks, three quarterback hits. Can we go deeper? Isaiah Bugs is a great football player. He's a John Kaminsky. <laughs> no, no, good, good. Let's just start with good. He did get a game ball. Isaiah Bugs, good football player. John Kaminsky, good football player. Yeah. The contributions they are getting deep on James, this team. I mean, that defensive front suddenly looks kind of deep. Like, Romeo O'Quar returned in this game, and did he do anything? I don't know. Uh, I think Brett Whitefield told me he did 25 snaps. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know if I noticed them, but he got his, he's got his feet wet, and guess what? James Houston, another sack. Aiden Hutchinson, another sack. They're, they're starting to like, there are playmakers on this team all over. And, and are they household names yet? No. Will they be? Maybe. Probably pretty soon. Yeah. I was wondering when it was going to get irrational. And then Chris said that the lions are the hottest team in football. Um, and then it's he also hotter. called Justin Jefferson, a hall of famer, but um, yeah, that, no, I I'm Eagles. Come on. Um, but yeah, that's true. The, that is... the, the the point is, is that the Lions belong in the conversation. Like the 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 thing that I find so funny is that like weekly, right? Like Eric is putting out like a power rankings on Monday and uh, you never see the Lions really doing any climbing. Like it's just like a lot of people who are comfortable with like, oh, they're a cute little team that, you know, is is playing above their, you know, punching above their weight class and, and they're doing some nice things, but like, it's never anything where they're being taken serious. Like you have to take the lion seriously. And I think that's to your point, Jeremy, about like the reason why the Vikings didn't win this football game is because they're not better than the lions. Like they're not. And 
the Lions could have been, and, and I'm, I I don't want to play the coulda, shoulda, woulda thing, but like they should be 2-0 against the Vikings. They are, they are one coaching mistake that will haunt Dan Campbell for the rest of his coaching career away. And by God, the Lions were almost in the exact same situation that they, they were, were in in Minnesota. They were, yeah. And they didn't convert that third down. I'm look. I'm looking like we. I, I. I'm sitting in front of Morgan at the game, and like I turn around to Morgan, I'm like, "This is like the exact same scenario the Lions were in, and they they got the first down, and it, and it changed. Growth. And yeah, growth. That, growth is growth is a great way to just define this football team, and and it's real. Yeah, and that, it's real. I think like whether this team makes the playoffs or not, and they got a little bit of help from from the Panthers. Um, also this helped game, the I, draft pick too. Sure. Um, I, I still think I still think odds are pretty stacked against him. But even here's the thing, like we need to not lose sight of the bigger picture here, because if the Lions don't make the playoffs, if they don't run the table, which is certainly possible, good teams lose to bad teams all the freaking time. And we can't we, we have to make sure we don't bury Dan Campbell and, and and throw this entire last half of the season in the trash because they slip up against a team. Maybe they should beat. The the bigger picture here is is exactly that it's growth. This team is is growing, and now now the bar for twenty twenty three is is sky high. Like nothing short of this team should compete for the division, maybe win it. That's that's what we're building towards next year, not not two years down the line. Not like the rebuild. Uh, dare I say the rebuild is over? It's upon us. It's upon we, us. We right have now. we have rebuilt at this I, point. I had doubts given that I think it was this morning, Jeremy, who was it? Was it Rappaport who put out the report saying the Lions see Jared Goff as their quarterback of the future? And I'm still a big believer in that. Just given the contract, you want a young guy for five years down the line, however long he would be. That's why I'm still in favor of someone like Anthony Richardson. But even on that front, Jared Goff shut me up today. He shut up everyone today with how he played. Not just, again, not just on his yardage. We can talk about how he had back-to-back 300-yard games or whatever. We could talk about how he had three touchdowns in this game. But the thing I've always wanted from Jared Goff is intangible stuff, clutch time stuff, stuff where it's like, okay, we need to ice this game away so we're not having to sit here and hold on to our butts while the defense tries to stop Justin Jefferson. And those final drives were productive he scored points on those drives he converted like i I, what was their third down efficiency in this game because it was amazing it it was something like seven to fifteen seven just just under fifty percent just under fifty percent i i that compared to when they were on the five game skid jeremy that would have been unreal that would have been unreal what they were doing It, it felt like that play, they were late in that game. They were running, they were doing run, run, pass. And yet that was enough to run the clock because they knew that Jared Goff could hit that over the middle pass to St. Brown or to Josh Reynolds in stride every time that they could just bleed clock that way. Yeah. He was clutch. I mean, he, I'll he, say it. He was clutch this game. No question. No question. And and yeah, I, I have to eat a lot of crow for, for stuff that I've said throughout Jared Goff's Lions career. Um, I'm certainly not the only one in that regard. And there's some people that, that are still going to stick to Jared Goff sucks. And listen, I get it. There, there are things that I don't like about Jared Goff's game, but credit where credit's due. Like this is, I, I hate to throw around the word perfect, but this was just about as perfect of a game as you could expect from a quarterback. And 
you know, I, I think maybe he had it, it. I almost his worst pass of the day was a 41 yard touchdown pass to Jamison Williams. That was, that was almost his worst pass of the day. That's how good it went today. And that pass was for the touchdown or was that the missed one that he had? No, that was the touchdown. That was the touchdown. That was yeah, his worst he, he pass. He underthrew it by a lot. Yeah, he under, he like, that, J-Mo, that J-Mo had to, yeah, J-Mo had to come back on the route to get it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Good day, Things Ryan. are pretty good. Things are pretty good in Detroit right now when it comes to the Lions. I just don't think during the middle of that skit we'd be ever talking about the Lions like this, guys. No, no. I mean, I was I was here trying to plead to people that this that the Lions weren't going to hold a top five draft pick with their own pick. Now they they still might do the Rams, but even even me who was trying to be Mr. Optimistic in the moment would have never imagined that this team could We're just not potentially these things. go on a night. I mean, like if they go four and four, we are talking about, I, I said a couple of weeks ago, a nine and one run. Like, and, and here's the thing. And I know we'll, we'll get to the future in, in, in our last segment here, but are they going to be underdogs in any of these games remaining? Are they going to uh, be maybe favorites? It depends who's the quarterback in Lambeau, I think. But even then, I think that will be bid that will be bet up to what a did favorite. I say last Lions week? Road favorite. Stop being afraid of the Packers. Stop it. They're no, I know, I know. I'm, I'm not saying I'm afraid of the Packers. I'm, I'm just trying to evaluate what the betting lines would be because you're asking me to evaluate the betting lines in this case. Sure. And what I see coming up in the future is Joe Flacco, Sam Darnold. Is Justin Fields even going to play in that Bears game? Probably. I wouldn't see why not. Okay. But still, that's a home game for the Lions. They'll be favored, favored there. The only problem I see is if Aaron Donald plays in Lambeau. And that would make Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> that's the tequila talking. <laughs> We're going to see how long I last in this. I, let's, let's take a break. Let's take recoup. a break. Let's take a break. We, we need a second to cool down a little bit for me to get some water. Uh, I've got the luchador mask on for those at home, not a visual medium on the podcast. Luchador mask has been on since about um, 3.30, 4.30. When did this game end? 4.30. 4.30. Luchador mask has been on since then. I'm I'm really excited for this Righteous Felon plug that we were about to throw. This is going to be an all-time. Righteous, the Pride of Detroit POD cast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. That's right. Righteous Felon Craft Jerky and Meat Sticks are available to Lions players at the training facility at Allen Park. And boy, do they fuel up on them before this game. Each two-ounce bag of protein has 16 to 20 grams of protein. I can't convert ounces to grams. Can you, Jeremy? Nope. Are they like different like things you're supposed to measure? Mass versus weight or something? I don't know. Uh, sure. Either way, um, each stick also, by the way, the meat sticks, who are the adult the adult Slim Jims, have eight grams of protein. They're good. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions, they're going to be good enough for you too. Isn't that right, Ryan? He's giving the thumbs up. Not a visual medium on the podcast. Thumbs up. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania. They use locally sourced all-natural Black Angus beef and prides themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offering. I just got in a new shipment of those meat sticks because I love having a meat stick. And Baby Lou's barbecue flavored beef jerky. Uh, For the rest of December, until the end of the year, we are giving away the gift of meat. You can go to RighteousFelon.com 
Put in an order using the discount code POD2020 and get 20% off your order. That allows you to save big on sampler packs, on bulk packs. Get the gift of meat this, this holiday season for Hanukkah, for Christmas, for Kwanzaa, for Festivus. We celebrate Festivus around here. Damn straight. Promo code POD20 at RighteousFelon.com. We'll be right back on the Friday Detroit POD cast. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Pride of Detroit POD cast. As we continue along here, we get into our individual performances segment here. And um, there's been some hellish accusations thrown around between the staff in the middle of a break here. So by all means, I want Ryan to take first crack at game balls here and give more thoughts because I don't think we've heard enough from Ryan and all of his thoughts. He's basking in the afterglow of bets made and bets won. So Ryan, where do we start? Because this was this was a team effort. This was great. There's no one guy sticking out in my mind. We kind of ran the gamut on names. Where do you even start for best performances for most outstanding performances in this game? Well, I'm going to cheat and I'm not going to choose a player, but I'm going to choose a unit and I'm going to choose the unit that Dan Campbell came to Detroit and said he was going to do this one thing and it stopped the run. Over this, you know, stretch of success that the Lions have had recently, you have a game where you hold Saquon Barkley to less than two yards a carry. You know, you hold him to, I think it was 15 carries for 23 yards. And then you do the same thing to Dalvin Cook. These are two marquee football players. And I know the Vikings were down on their offensive line. They were shorthanded, missing Bradbury and, and missing Darisaw, but like no excuses. Like they their front, their front four and and what the linebackers have been able to do. And dude, Jared Davis. There there's probably a lot of bad that happened today on tape, but there were also plays where I was like, that guy's getting another opportunity and like it's not all bad. <laughs> like he has his hat in there. Alex Anzalone had like a, he had quite a few good plays. Mike Hughes, talk about a guy who stepped up in 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 run defense especially because 
you know, I, I, I know the secondary kind of got goose egged by Justin Jefferson and like, you know, Aaron Glenn said that that was probably going to happen, but like, if, if you want to see what happens to that Vikings football team, if you can make them one dimensional, Detroit just did it and they completely shut down the Vikings ground game. And Jeremy, this was a Vikings ground game. That was like respectable. Like sure. Dalvin cook having like a good year in terms of like yards per attempt. Yeah, no, they're, they're a decent running team. And I think you also have to throw Jeff Okuda in that conversation because he had a critical fourth down stop, right? Yeah, Big dude, play just that playing game. through an illness like playing, it, it, it was his flu game. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe not quite as flashy since he didn't play the entire second half. But yeah, I we I don't think NFC North team should ever compare things to the '96 <laughs> Chicago Bulls. Fair. That's like a kiss of death. But but awful. I I think I and we have to talk about Isaiah Bugs if we're going to talk about the the run defense. And and I know 100%. It's, it's still very funny to me that that his play is considered a, a strip sack when when it was a tackle of Delvin Cook, but yeah, Delvin Cook was going to throw the ball. So I guess it technically is a sack, um, but he has been so instrumental to that run defense improvement since since the bye week, really. And he's he's one of the more fascinating stories of this entire team, I think, because he's kind of an unceremonious ad right at the end of training camp, I think, maybe, maybe beginning of, of regular season even. And... He was on the very fringe of our 53 man roster predictions. I don't think, I think I had him in, but not a lot of people did. Right. And he's just, I mean, he's playing 70 to 80% of the snaps. He's doing a lot of gritty work that isn't flashy. Um, He's not getting a ton of sacks. He's not doing a ton of crazy things, but he's, he's actually getting better every week. And he's such an integral force in that run defense because he holds his ground, but maybe most important of all, in a group of very young, very, I don't want to say timid, but a, a group of guys that, that have certainly been looking for a leader amongst them who actually plays Michael Brockers. Um, I, I was going to say, do you think he's taken the roles that everyone thought Michael Brockers was going to have when he came to this team? In a way, yes. Like, yeah, yes. Um, he uh, He absolutely is. Like, he is the leader of this defense right now. The emotional leader the kind of heart and soul of, of what they do. I mean, I, I feel like a lot of time we, we talk about Jamal Williams being the heart and soul of the team on offense. It's, it's Isaiah bugs on defense and, and give that man his flowers because he's, he's playing now. Now it's level of play is kind of starting to match that. He had three quarterback hits in this game that I wouldn't have expected out of someone like Isaiah bugs. So shout out, to, shout out to Isaiah bugs. Have a day. Have a hell of a day. I think he got one of those two game balls in the locker room during the celebration from Dan Campbell, the other one to CJ Moore, who uh, had some amazing special teams play, but can we go to the young guns to the big guys again? I know we keep bringing up his name, but the amount of progress I've seen out of Aiden Hutchinson on the defense is nothing short of phenomenal. I kept saying early in the year, look, he would overshoot his target a lot. He was really aggressive to a fault that was refined in this game especially in key down situations against Kirk Cousins. He got a sack and two quarterback hits and he was just a menace in the backfield, but also like the vision he showed to get around the edge and come right back in looks polished, looks absolutely polished right now, Ryan. Like I know some people want to kind of still debate that second, the, the second overall pick, but like, 
damn, how many years have I been waiting for a guy like a sidewinder missile like like Aiden Hutchinson in this game? Yeah, dude. What kind of idiot could ever want a quarterback like, say, like Malik Willis instead of Aiden Hutchinson? Um, (laughs) Here's something that really stood out to me with with Aiden's game today, and it was like his hand usage to me. Like it seemed like the guy was doing some things that he had done at Michigan and like was successful that people would I think people would point to like his his power rush, like his bull rush moves and i think people would say okay that works against rutgers that works against you know some of the other like smaller teams in the big 10 is he going to be able to do that at the next level and that's where a lot of people had some like trepidation today like that man is bull rushing with john kaminsky and i'm so excited for what their nascar package could look like with romeo and kicking aiden inside and then all of a sudden now you're talking i mean like James Houston. Hey, James Houston on the other side. And guess what? You could another guy who had a who had a good game, Josh Pascal. Like there's a lot of depth on that defensive line. And and I think that's what's so exciting to to me, Jeremy, is that like again, we we talked about this for the past couple weeks, but like lines are getting healthier and they're starting to implement some of these players that are making a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you like Aiden to me it, it wasn't even just the bull rush with Aiden today like he embarrassed the right tackle a couple times like straight embarrassed and and that's that's what I think has been missing because you, you see James Houston starting to do that like right off the bat because I think in general maybe he might be a better overall pure pass rusher because he's so athletic and crazy his dip and is all that insane. Sort of stuff. his it's, dip is insane it's crazy <laughs> um Aiden to me like you said is, is kind of more he had been a more of a one trick pony. And of course he's going to grow in that. Right. I, I mean, he's a rookie. Of course he's going to grow in terms of pass rush moves. I started to see a little bit more out of him uh, in this game. It's not perfect. I don't think the pass rush was perfect in this game. I think there were a lot of times cousins had probably a little bit too much time in this game, but you're going to take however, like how many quarterback hits nine in this game and, and three sacks, four sacks. You'll, you'll take that. You'll uh, Jerry, take that. Uh, Jer- and, and especially the Jerry Jacobs sack on the TJ Hawkinson oh, whiff. <laughs> yes. But, but I think, I think this kind of ties into the first part of the conversation too, though, because what is, I mean, what does Aaron Glenn always say? You have to, you have to earn the right to pass rush. Well, if you shut down the running game to 1.6 a carry, that's earning your keep to pass rush. And so that's, that's the defense working well together. Still got some work to do in the secondary and, and losing Jeff Okuda for like 75% of this game. Not good, but not, I don't, I don't feel like Amani got picked on in this game. So. No, if anyone no. got picked on, it was Mike Hughes. Mike Hughes yeah. got bullied. Hughes and Jerry probably wasn't Jerry's best game, but I mean, but, Jerry I mean, did. Also, he, Jerry did have the pass breakup on Adam Thielen. True, that he was did. a great play. That could have been a big explosive play. But at, at some point, you also have to be like, "Well, Jesus! I mean, Justin Jefferson's just a freaking monster." No, he's a monster. Like I know, I jumped out ahead of my skis saying Hall of Fames, but like this is one of the best seasons I've seen out of him. You know, a wide receiver in a minute. Yeah, I just yeah. The other thing is no Will Harris today, and dare I say that Will Harris was missed? (laughs) Like I I, saw some people putting it on their Twitter. I'm like, do you hear yourself? Do like do like does week three you hear you right now? I (laughs) and and like I'm with you guys. Like Will Harris has been playing well in the nickel, and and hopefully his injury isn't too bad that that we can get him back here soon. But yeah, like. 
the, the secondary was hurting this week and, and it showed, but at the same time, this was, this was a team that you, was probably going to beat you through the air. Do you, do you know, well, first of all, I did not know the name of the player who got the unsportsman like yeah. conduct penalty. I'd never seen his name before. They, they, so they, they signed him for, to their practice squad two weeks ago. It was interesting because they elevated him on Saturday. And I think a lot of people were expecting someone like AJ Parker. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, interesting choice there. And and I don't know what that says about AJ Parker. It certainly seems like maybe the Lions could have used AJ Parker, but if they're elevating a guy that's only been here two weeks, that probably I, says anything you I, know I, about AJ Parker. I, I think what that goes to, or I think what that more so speaks to is like this coaching staff is going to play the players that are like the best. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Ko- like Coyote playing. Um, instead of Logan Senberg, and we see why I think um in in this game maybe why they're choosing to play coyote over Logan was Logan Sandberg. that bad I, I again it's kind of hard for me I to think see. Logan a, had a that lot f- more bad than good he had that phantom call everyone's kind of crushing him for it before they've got a better replay on it that it wasn't a holding that that holding that he got called on wasn't his like that that was a phantom call he did not should have been called mm-hmm. for holding but I, I don't I think don't the rest know. of his game was great. It but, was close, and it was also a hold on a like a block that he didn't need to make in order for the play to work because it was going outside. Sure, sure. Let, yeah. let, let's talk can, about can the you... offensive line as a whole, real quick. Because okay, okay. While, while we're on I've got to get to something else too. Yeah. Because while I, I, I I'm I'm frustrated by the lack of a run game, and I'm sure the Lions are too. It really hasn't been here in, in two months, if we're being completely honest. But again, that's that goes more credit to, to Jared Goff in the passing game and I, all that. Uh, but, how, how much? I'm sorry, Jeremy. How much of that is DeAndre Swift though? Cause like he still looks like he's got a little bit of concern going North South. Well, like he had one play going North yeah. South, but there's a lot of times where you would just be kind of quiet. But like we talked about it a little bit earlier that the block run, the, the run blocking on Justin Jefferson's touchdown run. That was good. Sure. Like, I mean, they're doing work for, for Jefferson and for Jamal Williams. It's not out of this world, but it's competent. Yeah, but I mean, you, I mean, if you look at the overall, I know the lines ran for 134 yards and four or five a carry, but four, 42 of that came on a fake punt. So I'm not sure we're, yeah. we should really give all that credit. Um, but you know, Jamal Williams had 2.3 yards per carry. Like that's that's not good enough. DeAndre Swift 3.5. Um, and and yeah, there there is some hesitation from both running backs. I think in this game, but if you're if you're opening up big enough lanes, you're not going to see that hesitation. So I think there needs to be some improvement on that unit. But really what I wanted to talk about was the pass block in this game because I think it was yeah. phenomenal. I think it was I, absolutely phenomenal. You're, you're talking about two of the best pass rushers in the league in Zadarius Smith and uh and Daniil Hunter and let me look at their stats. Uh zero quarterback hits for Daniil Hunter, one for Zadarius Smith. Zero sacks on the day, three total for the entire team. Three three total quarterback hits for the entire team. Like that is just about as clean of a stat sheet as you can has for an offensive lineman. And they dropped a pass, dropped back to pass 39 times, 39 times, actually more than that. If you count the, the golf scrambles. So um, that's, that's one hell of a performance from the offensive line when it comes to pass protection. Yeah. And, but what's crazy to think about is that again, that's another one of those positions or one of those units where Evan Brown getting healthy. Probably I mean, next week, we'll, right? We'll we'll make a huge difference. Yep. In terms of what they can do in the ground game, like the fact that they were able to get by Jeremy, like you said, pass blocking the way that they did. I mean, kudos to, Be- dude, Ben Johnson. 
Okay. Like the, the one thing that needs to be said about Ben Johnson is like, there was, there was this one play and it was a pass to Justin Jackson where Amon Ra just ran a route to just drag a defender out of the little zone that Justin Jackson was going to be in. And it, it was a perfect play. Like it just watching it unfold, like you could see it happening, but there wasn't anything that the Vikings could do about it <laughs> because Justin Jackson's just in a place where there is no defender because Ben Johnson's like, I'm going to send Amon Ra here and this defender is going to get pulled this way. And there's Justin Jackson for a first down. Like he's going to be a head coach and it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Yeah. I don't want to say SOL stuff in season though. Before no, that's not even... SOL though. Like that's not same old lions because the lions haven't been getting people. <laughs> I know. I, I guess, I guess the route more, but like it's doomer, right? It's doomer. That's like, Oh no, that's good. So we're going to lose Ben Johnson. I don't that's fine. Like being we'll cross like, that being bridge. A lion, when we get there. Yeah. Being a lion Just... fan sometimes is a doomer because Jeremy, Chris, you guys should both agree with this. Cause I think Jeremy pretty much said it as much, but like, the Lions felt like they were in control of this game the entire time. I, like, I just, I just on 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 the on the thing of Ben Johnson, I just don't believe that all of these broke brain owners look and hear the idea we're going to hire an offensive coordinator from the Detroit Lions, and they're paying that close attention to think that that's a good idea. You, but you can't like I. They will typecast Jeremy. I, I, I think Cliff I think, Kingsbury got a job just because he looked like Sean McVay. I don't think I think I don't think I know owners can be thick brained or whatever, but the the Lions are 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 nationally making a, a name for themselves, and Ben Johnson certainly is, and and young offensive coordinators are catnip. Yeah, because they can be controlled by the owners, right? Sure. Yeah. And and who else? Like who is another offensive minded guy right now that is lighting the the NFL on fire, or even lighting college on fire? I don't think there's a lot of young guys. That, that, that are really making a name for themselves like Ben Johnson is. And so he's 100, 100% going to get interviews. Yeah. I, I think, I think I, it's, it's better chance of not that he gets hired, but like, like you were saying, Chris, we need, we need to maybe like pull back on that conversations for now and just enjoy what we have, because this yeah, is, if, he is putting on a goddamn show every Sunday. If it happens, we, we got, it happens. We can, we got at least four next. more shows that we get to enjoy. So let's just yes. enjoy him for now and think about the future later. Speaking of shows, I we, we've we've beat around for 16 minutes. Can we talk about Jared Goff? Let's do it. I am still of the belief that the Lions should probably consider a quarterback just because for four or five years you'll have something under a rookie, and I don't know if it's a guaranteed that that uh, that that Jared Goff comes back with two years left on his contract, but. I saw the reports out this morning from Ian Rappaport saying the Lions do not consider Jared Goff a bridge quarterback. And I was kind of rolling my eyes a bit. But then he has this game. And maybe I'm doing a little bit of knee jerk here, but. I Look, he's not he's not an Aaron Rodgers quarterback. But when everything is working like this. And again, I said it in the first segment. All I really wanted out for him is the non-analytical, non-tangible. I, I wanted the intangibles out of him. I wanted the, I wanted the game-defining drives out of him, and he gave you statistics and those in this game, Brian. Like I, I, I don't see if the if the Lions don't go quarterback in this draft. I've kind of moved to the point where it's like, 
I won't be terribly disappointed at this point. Maybe I need to see more out of him in these last four games. I want to see it consistent. And I know when he starts to lose pieces, it starts to fall off the table, but I have zero notes, zero notes whatsoever about his play here today. Like it was, it was perfect. I, I mean, he had, in my opinion, he had one bad throw is when he threw behind DJ shark on a crossing route. And was that fourth down or was that, it was a third down. Third down? One of his worst Maybe. was probably like, again, like I think we mentioned this earlier, he had J-Mo, it, it was underthrown to J-Mo and J-Mo had to come back to pick it up. Oh, well, but, yeah. Good, that's, good, thing that, good thing Ben Johnson was able to get J-Mo, you know, not even within 10 yards of a nearest defender. So, yeah. Um, but here's the thing about Jared Goff is we know who he is and we know that when things are in place around him, he can play some really good football. He can, I mean, the throw that he made to DJ shark today. Beautiful. That that was a big boy throw like that. That's the kind of throw that makes you say, like, I think Brad Holmes has all along. Like, I don't think that in Brad Holmes mind that Jared Goff was ever a quote unquote bridge quarterback. I think that Brad Holmes saw Jared Goff as a guy who could potentially turn things around if he could get things in place with the offense that didn't happen last year, there was no Tyro, you know, there's no Tyro Williams on this football team. There's no Brashad Perryman on this football team. There is no Khalif Raymond is your number one receiver on this football team, because we know what that Jared Goff looks like. It looks like the Jared Goff who got smacked in new England. It looks like the Jared Goff who turned the ball over four times against the Dallas Cowboys. I think, I think what needs to be said about Jared Goff is that he is a quarterback that you can move forward with being your franchise's quarterback, but you need to make sure that there is a DJ shark and that there is an Amon Ross St. Brown. And there are pieces around him that he can that he can work with. He is not going to elevate the play of the guys around him. That I I feel like that's fine to say, and I feel like that's also fine to be like maybe in Chris's camp where it's like, hey, I can think that Jared Goff like can get the job done. I also think that you could find a quarterback who could potentially be better than Jared Goff, and what would that do for this offense? But is that not the devil you know versus the the you know the devil you don't, Jeremy? Sure. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like there's, there's always a risk in, in changing your quarterback. And I, I think part of the, part of the conversation that we're going to have in the off season is, are you happy with a fringe top 10 guy or are you willing to, you know, put that aside and, and try to risk getting a top five guy? And that, 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 that's a tough conversation to have. But the one thing I want to say about golf that, that I think, because I think sometimes people discredit some of the things he does. And I know I've probably been guilty of this myself. Um, you know, they say he's, you know, can he, can he go out and win a game for you? Or is he just a guy that like can, can steady the ship on offense? He's been the guy that's winning games for the Lions over the past two weeks. Yes. Lions have not had a run game. Their, their defense has been up and down. The game plan has been put the ball in this man's hand and let him go wheel and deal. And he's gone and he's wheeled and dealed. He's gone toe to toe with Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson racking up 200 yards by themselves alone 
and gone toe to toe with it and said, okay, well, cool. I've, I've Jameson Williams. I have DJ Chark. I have Amon Ross St. Brown. I'm going to keep up in a shootout because I know at some point my defense is going to make a play. I don't think yours will. Yeah. And, and not even that a defense made a play, but like, I, I, I mean, this is my final word out when then we have to go to break, but like, he had two drives late in this game. And this is all I ever wanted to see about him with the game on the line that he's not, he needs to put it away. That first, the first time he turns a 12 play drive, which had, I think, uh, what, what was it, Jeremy three third downs. And he converted two of them for the field goal for that first field goal. And that bled a lot of time off the clock there and maintained a, 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 you know, a, Oh, what would it have been like? Uh, sorry, I'm trying to do the math. I might hit a 15 point lead over the Vikings. He's leading that drive. And then with the game online, we've seen it in the past, Jeremy. We, I was looking at that final drive and thinking, oh my God, we're going to do the Bills thing again. We're going to do the Bills thing again. It's going to come up nothing, Burger. He hits Panay Sewell. Like that, that's, that's all I've wanted. I've wanted those big boy throws out of him. I know that's not analytical. I know that's, that's reductive reasoning, but. That's a skill in the NFL is to hit big boy throws like that, to convert third downs, keep drives alive late in a game where you've got to keep a team at arm's length, where you can't just run them over, but you've got to keep them at arm's length and not give them a chance to get back in there. He, he, he did was, that in this game. That's all I've wanted from him. Very simply, he was brilliant on third down. Yes. Yes. Late in the game, brilliant on third down. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we have to look towards the future, which means per Dan Campbell's words, we are now two and O in a six game season. Lions are staring down the barrel of this. They got some help from the Panthers today as well. And we'll talk about uh, maybe a little bit of the draft pick from the Rams, because what I saw on Thursday night incensed me to an alarming degree, but we'll talk about all of that because like, I just, not only is this an amazingly fun season, guys, the chips are falling for the Detroit Lions where it's just, we can have fun guilt, guilt-free guilt too. When was the last time we could say that? We'll be right back on the Pride of Detroit Beauty cast. Detroit POD cast are wrapping up here, bringing this all back together again as we look towards the future. And once again, we're here to talk playoffs. We're here to talk about a lot of playoffs. Jeremy, I think you had some numbers ready to go together for this. Um, my yeah, brain is completely my brain is completely irrational at this point. I can't handle rational numbers. Okay, well let's just let's just recap where the lines are. And what needs to happen? I think at this okay. point, there there are team there are five teams you can just throw away. They're not going to catch. They're not going to catch the NFC South winner because they're just a division winner. You can't catch a division winner. So there's going to be an NFC South team that gets in ahead of them because it's a division winner. Probably not going to catch the 49ers, even with all their injuries. I know Debo got injured in this game, but they're they're rolling teams. They already got nine wins. Probably not going to catch them. They might. They'll probably just win the division anyways too. Eagles, Vikings, not going to catch them. Cowboys, not going to catch them. They already got 10 wins. You literally can't catch them. So that means 
it, this is basically between four teams for for two spots. Cowboy, I'm sorry, Commanders, Giants, Seahawks, Lions. Commanders are seven, five, and one. Giants are seven, five, and one. Seahawks are seven and six. Lions are six and seven. Lions are essentially a game and a half out of a playoff spot with four games to go. They got help from thank you, Carolina Panthers, for beating the Seattle Seahawks. Now, what looked like kind of an unrealistic jump of the Seahawks going into this week, now it's in play. Seahawks do have the tiebreaker and one game ahead of them, so they essentially have a two-game lead. But let's talk about the Seahawks' schedule, shall we? Let's do that. The, in four, So the Lions need to jump them, jump two games on them in four games. Seahawks' remaining schedule next week versus those 49ers on Thursday night. On a short week, but you know what sucks so much? That Devo Samuel ankle injury. If yep. they're down Devo, that's that's a big that's a big piece of their offense. It is, but they're winning with their defense. Uh, agreed. They're winning with Brock Purdy too. Agreed. But that that's I mean that's that's a playoff game for them. Yep. Like if if they if they want to make the playoffs, they have to win that game. And listen, the the Seahawks defense is trash. Not good. Very so bad. Even, they're, even they're, with Brock Purdy. Falling. I think the 49ers got a, a good shot to win that game. Remember yeah, how we made a lot pretty of good. Jesus Christ. Remember how we made a lot of big deal about the Giants kind of coming back down to earth near the end of this year, Jeremy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's happened to the Giants. It's absolutely happening to the Seattle Seahawks, though. I think it's happening to both. We'll get to the Giants in a second. Well, but like, yeah. like, like, like the, the Seahawks yeah. are cratering harder, I feel. Yeah, they've lost three out of their four. And they lost at home to – at home – to the Panthers. Where they used to be invincible they did. to hey. Sam Darnold leading the Carolina Panthers. Carolina's defense is kind of like they got some pieces there. So yeah. like 49ers um, are better though. Uh, oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I'm talking about the, the Panthers. I mean, yeah. yes. So, but Christmas Eve, the following week, it doesn't get any easier. They have to go Correct. to Arrowhead to play yes. Kansas City. Yes. So, there. I mean, you're talking like if they lose those two games, Lions can catch them by just winning out. And I know it just said just winning out like it was nothing, but I'm just saying like, and that's not even talking about the following week. They got to go play the Jets too. That's going to be a tough matchup for them, a, a good defensive team. And then you finish with the Rams. We'll see what the hell the Rams are going to be doing. I don't know what the Rams are going to look like in four weeks because they they pulled some bullshit on Thursday night. Who knows? I think they'd like to play the I, Raiders for the I, next four weeks. I I, I just, cannot believe the, what the Raiders did on Thursday. <laughs> we, can, we can talk about Baker. And, I just want to put a cap on the Seahawks. You, so 49ers, Chiefs, Jets, Rams. Very, very realistic to say those te- that they go two and two in that stretch. Which means lines went out, they jump them. That's one team to jump. You need to jump two. Off to an okay start, right? Off to like, okay, this... There's an actual path to this actually happening. Yeah. I think that we need to go to Washington next, though. Okay. Washington. Okay. The Lions are essentially a game and a half out of them because of that stupid tie. But they have the tiebreaker. So if the Lions somehow tie or if the Giant, if if they get, if the Washington somehow gets in another tie, that tiebreaker is back in place. So essentially the Lions, again, have to jump two spots in four weeks. You want to go through the Washington schedule or you, you want me to do it? Oh, I mean, it's a double whammy, right? They're playing yes. the Giants for the second time in a row because they're on a bye week this week. Yep. But that's a primetime game. Yep. Sunday we night need, football. 
the Lions undoubtedly need somebody to lose that game. Like they they didn't stand to benefit from them tying the first round, and that sucks. Yeah. I was kind of I was a part of like teams like one of these teams get swept. Like I was right. like I, I was kind of hoping that I was kind of hoping that the commanders would take care of the Giants because here's the commanders remaining games after they play the Giants next week. They have the 49ers on Christmas Eve at at Candlestick. And then whatever going, now. Yeah, whatever it is, but I'm nostalgic. <laughs> they, have a, they have a Browns team that I don't know. Sean Watson, who who knows how he's playing? They're not they're not an easy out. Cleveland is not an easy out, not by any means. And then the Cowboys might be playing a meaningful game at the end there because maybe they're playing for the top spot in the NFC East. Who knows? So yeah, so so Giants, 49ers, Browns, Cowboys. I wouldn't say there's an easy game amongst that bunch. Realistic to expect two and two, though, is it not? Potentially. There you go. There's your second team to jump. And then the Giants, also not a great, not a, not a very easy schedule either. They got, obviously, the game against the Commanders on Sunday night coming up at Minnesota. First Colts, okay. Let, let's give them that one. And then they got to go at Philly. Philly might not be playing for anything, granted. They might be. We'll see how how the rest of their season. But if if the Eagles are playing for something, suddenly you got the two top teams in the NFC you got to face. Both on the road, Vikings and, and Eagles. Two and two. Uh, the <laughs> Lions can jump all three teams by winning out. The qu- the real question here is: Yeah, is there a route where the Lions go three and one and make the playoffs? They need. They basically need two of those teams to go one and three. It's on the table. I still think it's unlikely, but it's on the table. I think there's. I think there's one more schedule to consider and. It's not like, I mean, like you said, the Lions literally can't catch them, but like the Eagles and the Cowboys still play. So like, that's going to be a, that's going to be a game where I think every Lions fan should be rooting for the Cowboys yes. so that the Eagles and the Cowboys have something to play for that final week. Very astute. I like that. Yep. And the, I, I mean, the Cowboys here, here's their remaining schedule. The Cowboys have the Jaguars next week, which holy, did you see what the Jaguars did today to the Titans? Smoked them. Maybe, on the road, another and maybe another little back pocket of like, hey, maybe these lines are for real. They just smoked a Jaguars team that just smoked a Titans team that's in the playoffs. When I saw that score, I leaned over to my friend and I was like, while well, I was at the game, and I was like, I think they'll, I think the NFL should do away with like playoffs. They should go to a selection committee, and uh, <laughs> oh, the, the lions, the lions win would look a lot better now against Jacksonville because they just went out and smacked the AFC South leaders. Um, but like, if we win committee, the Lions might have a home playoff game. <laughs> They might be the number one seed. Um, so, but the cow the Cowboys have the 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 Eagles game, which will be all important on on Christmas Eve. But then they play the Titans, so like that's another really winnable game. And then they finish out against the Commanders. So like, I, I feel like Lions fans. Unfortunately, you have to be Cowboys fans. Don't I'm sorry. Don't do that to me. Those Don't are, do that kind to of, me. I'm sorry, Chris. It's not like I said that you had to root for the Colts. I mean, you do want to root for the Colts, but well, the I already, I already yeah. rooted for, I, I already spent this week rooting for the Raiders and God punished me accordingly and punished the Raiders for their um, cardinal sins against reality. But the Carolina game was a double whammy for the Lions this week. It was. They take one step, you know, further away from the Rams pick and 
They knocked off the Seahawks. I don't think it actually moves the pick at all. It just makes sure that like the Rams really can't catch up with the Panthers at this point. Um, but uh, can we talk about that Raiders Rams game? All like I'm so. I, I saw the eulogies for Jalen Carter that night. I won't erase those from my memory. I won't erase the fact that nobody going back to about 1930 and 1930 from history terms is kind of the terminus for a lot of records. If you're saying since 1930, you're basically saying this might've happened during the pre-war age, of the NFL where nobody was keeping records whatsoever, where a team one night, one year can show up in Kenosha and maybe the year before they were playing in Toledo, but we don't actually have records of who moved where that the Raiders have lost as many games when they're trailing at, I mean, when they're leading at halftime by double digits where they just don't score and don't win. Um, Baker Mayfield had 30 days to learn that playbook and they lose that game. I, the Raiders are going to hell. They're going to a Christian hell and they're burning. I have seen what predeterminism looks like. And it is the Calvinist doctrine is there with the Raiders. I can't believe I watched that entire Thursday game and sat there mad, mad because I wanted to root for Baker Mayfield. because he's a great story. And yet somehow he's able to lead that, that charge down the field and when that at, uh, a charge that shouldn't even happen because Jerry just Jet Tillery knocked the ball out of that guy's hand for a 19 yard swing on an, on an unsportsmanlike conduct when he knew the game was on the line. Jeremy, can I tell you what is great about what Chris just said? What I do. <laughs> the Lions are playing so well that it doesn't even matter. I, I know, I know, but uh, you, you, like that that's the kind of game where that like that takes me to Lions of years past. But to your point, it doesn't matter because Lions it's not the Lions like that anymore. Yeah. Because the actual Lions are good. You don't have to root for this like pie in the sky, like best draft pick, you know, lose so that they can take up. No, you don't have to. And it doesn't matter because your football team is actually playing really, really good. And they're playing really, really good because Brad Holmes drafts players well. <laughs> I was going to go, yeah. On day two and day three. He, so he's, he's going to have a top 10 pick to, to deal with almost certainly still. So, oh, like, else. yeah, you, d- I would be shocked if that Rams pick still doesn't end up in like the top five or six. Like, they, they could probably get another win though. I mean, but though I saw you posting the 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 Wolverine meme pawing at the picture of Jalen Carter. I love me some Jalen Carter. It's fine. I'm over it because the Lions are winning. That's true. I am I'm too. over it because like there there's only a not so unrealistic path to this team making the playoffs. And and listen, again, I, I know it involves this Lions team going four and down the stretch, most likely, maybe three and one. Running the and, table and, and some help. The, and listen, running the table is not easy in the NFL. I don't care how much you're favored in each game. It just, it doesn't happen often. And a nine and one stretch doesn't happen often. And and the Lions are in the midst of a five and one stretch. So if they, if they win four in a row from here, it's literally a nine and one stretch. Even the best teams in the NFL don't put together stretches like that very often. So it's not going to be easy. And as Ryan said, three of these are going to be on the road. Two of them are going to be a division game. Teams that you've already beaten Vikings found out today it's not easy to beat a division rival twice in a row. It rarely are division games 2-0. and Right. And at least they, they very rarely play out the same way. Ask Justin Jefferson. So, Lions got a tough road ahead. But I think what we just illustrated during this segment is if, if they can pull out a miraculous 
rest of December and early January, they're probably making the playoffs. And that's that's important to note because they're playing some damn good football right now. And they can do it. It's not going to be easy. And we don't need to throw a, a, a fit if it doesn't happen and say, wow, the Lions blew it. I can't believe they lost to so-and-so team. No, they absolutely shouldn't. Like this, this is this is still in my mind year two of a rebuild. It's ahead of schedule. Like it's the Lions are showing you they've got plenty of pieces you can move forward with. But this is the definition of a house money season. Right. And so let's let's I mean, I you know what I'm gonna say. I say Lions country, let's fucking ride. My God, no. <laughs> Why did I just think the that? season? Why did you oh, do no, that? Oh no, I just left. Oh no, I left. Why'd you do that? I I I have to two things. Like one, if you're gonna be a Cowboys fan, you kind of also want to be a Rams fan too, because they play the Packers next week and then they play the Seahawks in week 18. So you might want to be a Rams fan. Baker, the thing I want ride. The 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 real quick though, the, the last thing I want to say is that what Jeremy just said about this Lions team and where they are and how just because if things don't go perfect, literally, for the Lions and they don't end up in the playoffs, look at how goofy it is that the Vikings have a negative one point differential and they are sitting at 10 and three. Sometimes it's and, and the Lions have a plus two differential and they're six and seven. Like the difference is what Lions fans have going into next season is no matter what happens, I think the rest of the season, and this goes to Chris's point of the house money season, but like no matter what happens, they have an extended stretch of their schedule where they showed that they could win games that they couldn't win in the beginning of the year. They couldn't close things out against Minnesota. They couldn't close things out against Seattle they, or they couldn't, you know, make that comeback victory. You, you know what? I, I You just brought to mind like, they couldn't just not win these type of games earlier in the year. They haven't won these type of games in five years, in 20 years. I'm going to say, because you know what, what do we keep saying about the Jim Caldwell era? They beat up on the bad teams. They could never win a, against a good team. That's true. That's the true. Lions took and, and listen, I know record isn't everything, but they took down a what the, how the giants were like, what seven and two. Yeah. Yeah. The giants and, and, and the Vikings are, are 10 and two. Did did Jim Caldwell ever have a win like that on his resume ever? No, we all know the record that people would ascribe to Matt Stafford against winning teams. Right. Yeah, we knew about and, that. And they and they did it to the Giants on the road. That was another thing. Can't win big games on the road. Can't mm-hmm. big can't win big games in the division. Can't, uh, I'm sorry, but I, Dan Campbell's record against teams with 10 wins is currently 3 and 0 if I'm not mistaken. That's that's I think he's phenomenal. Got a, he, this, he's is, lost this is a, this is different. This is different. Guys. It is. Different. I'm sorry. It's different. It it's it's different. It's different than the Jim Caldwell era. And so exciting. all those damn snarky tweets from people that says, "Oh, uh, the Lions are so and so record since they fired Jim Caldwell." Throw them out the window. This team is different. This Reset the clock. This team is better. Better. Mic drop. What, what what's the Lions record since they fired Aubrey Pleasant though? With that, we should probably close it up because I'm holding on. These guys are getting heated. 
And honestly, we're over time. So thank you all for Pride of Detroit PODcast. We have a lot more coming in the next week or so. We've got another mailbag coming with Jeremy and Eric. More first bite to get you ready for Jets, which I'm sure will be incredibly annoying because all Jets fans are annoying. Then we'll be back here for post-game and PODcast before you know it. Matt and Sim on the way too. I'm Pride of Detroit on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Pride Detroit. What else am I missing, Jeremy? You got it all. Nailed it. Neat. It's not like we have a website where we have a bunch of written content too. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I write stuff. Yeah. Sometimes we do that. Sometimes like four times a day. Yeah. It's nothing, nothing fancy. Not so, compared to this podcast. Sometimes we're just like in the top two, but only like if sometimes was all the time. Only, only days that end in Y. We'll see you star side, folks. Be ready for next week. Go Lions. Pride of Detroit podcast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and Meat Sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Each two-ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein, and each stick has 8 grams of protein. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions, it's going to be good enough for you too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced all-natural Black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offerings. And now through the end of December, you can go to RighteousFelon.com and use the discount code POD20 at checkout to get 20% off your order. That's promo code POD20 at RighteousFelon.com, valid through 12-31-2022. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.